This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. Let's fog this ship. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? We're good. We're Gucci. How are you, Audrey? Um, you know what, Christina? It's very hot here. It is so hot here as well. I'm sorry if you guys hear just like the dull drone of my window unit in the background but it's 8 30 at night and it's still 90 degrees in dc so we're just we gotta do what we gotta do right unfortunately now. we haven't figured out a way to add video to podcasts because if you could see us audrey and i are both visibly sweating right now okay i took a shower that's why i look damp well i just had to tear through my boyfriend's house looking for his tiny black cat that i thought i had lost in the 10 minutes that he wasn't here it was i don't know if you guys like if you ever had a cat you understand just that tear whenever you look in all their places and they're not there right and you're like they're gone they got out the door and they're yeah, gone she's dead forever she's left but uh no she, i was sitting at the his kitchen table like texting audrey like i can't find the cat and then all of a sudden his closet door starts shaking and out she pops so the lesson is is that cats are never lost they're just in the closet that's right you should always check the closet first and while you're checking other places they are probably getting into the closet so you should also then check the closet again last why are cats so obsessed with the closet every single one of my cats has been like magnetically attracted to the closet it's dark there's a ton of stuff in there there's lots of places to hide lots of smells things come in and out of there all the time you talked about that with such enthusiasm that I think that you may also be a cat. <laughs> Has big cat gotten into this podcast? Big cat energy. <laughs> All right, big pussy energy. Let's go. Uh, welcome back to Puck Bunny. Brought to you by Blue Wire. It's me, Audrey. And it's me, Christina. And Christina, uh, it's July and there's hockey, baby. Woo. Feigning enthusiasm. No, actually, I like... All right, let's be problematic. Oh. I am excited to watch hockey. That's a statement I can I can make. This is the first week that I was actually like, oh shit, two days from now, I'm going to be watching like four hockey games a day. 
And that triggers the little like prehistoric serotonin producer in my brain. That's like, yeah. The epigenetics of your Stimulation. brain. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. epigenetics of your brain are finally remembering what happiness feels right. like. I don't know. I gotta I gotta be really honest with you. I'm not excited. Because I know that this is gonna make me sound like such a bummer. And like I'm gonna watch all the games and I'm probably gonna have a good time watching them. I'm just like, right. this makes me sick. This is like a sick country. Yeah. And it's sick that we're doing this. It comes and goes in in waves for me. Literally the last three months, it was extremely hard for me to even, you know, you and I are friends with all these great hockey reporters and hockey writers. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for me to even see them posting about their jobs without feeling, yeah, like sick to my stomach about why are we trying to make this happen when the world is ending? So that's like an existential crisis. I'm having an actual like people are going to die from this. But also that everything else in the world is, and by everything else in the world, I mean the United States. I mean, we're just operating on this level now because the powers that be have been like, you have to learn how to live with this. We're not going to try and find a solution and we're not going to take care of you. So We're also not going to give you any money. We're not going to give you any testing supplies. We're not going to give you any PPE. They're actively trying to kill us. So forgive me if I'm not able to be as super excited about Blackhawks versus Oilers as possible right now. However, however... Like most things, I'm going to find that I enjoy it once it's happening. Yes. And so I'm excited to have something to do during the day because they are all during the day. And guess what, baby? I work from home. This is the playoff schedule that people have wanted Mm -hmm. for so long. And it's very intelligent marketing on behalf of the league because they don't have to worry about people being at work and having to um, cater to primetime audiences. So last night I was watching one of the NBA exhibition games. Mm -hmm. and i was watching one of those today too what the fuck (laughs) it's not basketball it's not the same so my two roommates have been uh working from home also since march and they've been playing just obscene amounts of nba 2k and i walked downstairs today and chandler was watching uh 76ers exhibition game and i literally thought he was playing 2k because it just looked simulated like it did not look real So if you watch the nba exhibition games they're playing in what looks like a black box theater yes it's very theater kid energy. right exactly they're doing like shakespeare but the kind of shakespeare where you only have five actors and they like pull the flower and you're just moving different boxes around between scenes also have you ever seen black mirror no it's too scary there's an episode where they have essentially fake reality shows and like they have fake people in the stands and it's horrible. And I'm like, wow, we are really there. In watching the NBA games today and then also seeing some of the baseball games mm-hmm. and how they're dealing with the no crowds thing, I prefer the NBA not trying to pretend that there's people there. I prefer them surrounding it with these screens where they're just like showing graphics and stats and stuff like that, rather than like the Cardinals game I was watching yesterday, <laughs> where they had giant stuffed animals in the stands and then cardboard cutouts of people. That's more post-apocalyptic to me. I don't give a shit. I want them to get weird with it. I want them to start doing designs in the stands. I don't like what the NBA did because I think it's it made for an extremely claustrophobic game of basketball because I think they all felt very Fair. squeezed in and I didn't like looking at it. So like I think they should just do zany, wacky stuff. Once again, we are begging, begging the league. 
please to send us to the bubbles to implement these plans. And I say this 20% because we want to see live hockey and all that stuff. And the other 80% is because we would like to get out of the United States of America and seek uh, green card husbands (laughs) in Canada. It's just gotten a little bit too Handmaid's Tale as of late. I'm ready to become an Alberta housewife. I don't know about you. I've been ready, dude. I'm ready to go. So Audrey has given me like a terrible disease where now the only way that I can express emotion is through decorating. Anybody in the audience with cancer placements knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, and they are also crying right now (laughs) just for no reason. But yeah, I'm like ready for the WAG lifestyle because I think I I could spend my life buying furniture and, and that would be good. I'm also great at moving and I feel like a good chunk of WAG life is just moving and looking at new apartments. Have you been enjoying their daddy's going to war posts? No, I have not. (laughs) I've actively been (laughs) choosing not to look at it because it's so weird. I encourage all of you to not be a little pussy bitch like Audrey and and, (laughs) and look at some of these posts. They're all the same. They all picture like one white family with 2.5 children and a very blonde woman clutching her husband at their like front door. Next time we see daddy, he might be a Stanley Cup champion or he might be dead. Like the vibes are the vibes are way off on these posts. Oh, they're they're awful. It's got to be very hard to be a spouse of a player right now and probably having very young children and also like feeling compelled to post to monetize your experience for content. To spin it into content and also to spin it into content that is somehow positive for the league. Well, and even the ones who aren't influencers like that, I'm talking about like the normal guys' girlfriends. I'm kind of bummed out that they can't go because I know that the playoffs for so many girlfriends and wives is a really fun time to show support with your husband. And like that that's what, yeah. that's also why I love like the wag jackets and stuff, because they want to feel like a part of the team too. And now they're like baggage train is left behind and we have just our huge stupid boys marching into golf. <laughs> any any history fans out there? I'm going to be a little bit mean right now. If you're wanting to be around your children all the time, hockey, not the career for you, because you're going to about, you're going to spend about like half of your time on the road. And especially during playoffs where they're like back to back. So this is weird. I wonder why the league has not sent us to the bubble. (laughs) I think we're going to see a lot of this in the next couple of months, which is also a larger like media trend in general. Here we are uh, in the cool zone. Mm -hmm. The stories that are actually very depressing spun to seem warm and like heartwarming and like lighthearted and sweet. Well, like today was the 26th, so all the players arrived at their hotels. Fun, fun, fun. And it appears that the NHL (laughs) has put (laughs) family pictures in all of their hotel rooms framed family picture. So we are really going World War II, like, here, here's my sweetheart from the war. Write a letter home to your sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Or we can have, like, pen pal programs for these guys now. I was just seeing a lot of journalists post about this stuff. It's like, wow, kudos to the league. Like, hats off. This is a really nice touch. Is it? Is it nice? <laughs> that is the part that's been hardest for me about getting back into this hockey stuff. Is this so, like, this is okay kind of stuff? Which is yeah. why I almost really appreciate the Russian guys who are basically like, yeah, just give me a fucking cot and some corn at night and I'll play hockey. I guess I'll make this work. Because yeah. that seems so much more sincere than trying to make it nice for them. Whenever they right. didn't have to do this in the first place. So there's just no right way to do this. Fucking Corey Crawford has coronavirus. 
Corey Crawford has coronavirus. Honestly, if I had to bet on any player in the Western Conference having coronavirus, uh, Corey Crawford would have been in my top five. I don't know why. He just gets, like, I get sick a lot vibes from him. Well, he has a skull made of glass. He's just constantly concussed. And I don't know why, but to me, that correlates to, like, your probability of getting coronavirus. Well, he's probably, like, had brain damage, and so he probably got coughed on and forgot that the coronavirus is happening and then wiped his face. He's been driving around Chicago in one of his convertible vintage cars and just has, like, been getting coughed on by people. You bring that up, and I saw a car, like, a really fancy vintage car convertible parked outside of the lighting store that's right across from me and it had a blackhawks one and that was probably cory crawford 95 percent chance that was cory crawford wow i could have really helped him pick out a good lamp but he didn't ask he should not have that many lamps in his house due to the fact that he's always concussed and needs to be in the dark <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> the other thing that we should touch on is a very inside baseball thing not to mix sports metaphors too much. But something that has been interesting to me is the debate this week over independent journalists versus NHL writers who are being allowed into the bubble. So just for a little bit of background, the NHL, more than any other league, debatable about the NFL, but the NHL keeps their players on a pretty tight leash in terms of media availability. Uh, It's very top down in that teams are going to really decide whether players are available to talk to you or not. So for the NHL to make a sort of play where they're saying the only people who are going to allow into the bubble are team social media managers and also people who work for NHL.com, that's basically everything that you're going to read from the playoffs is going to be completely sanitized and completely approved by people who want you to think that it's going well. That's my problem. On the plus side, this proves posters are braver than the troops and we should be rewarded. (laughs) I think that we should just go anyway. Radio free puck bunnies. Isn't there like a body of water near Toronto, like one of the Great Lakes? There's several, yeah. What if we did like a pirate radio setup where we just get like a really old tugboat and we live on it for two months and broadcast from it? There's this ship that sails around the Atlantic Ocean that consi- like considers itself its own country. That will be us. We'll be our yes. own country in the parking lot of Scotiabank no Arena. Laws. International waters, baby. Extra try this, bitch! But I think in all honesty that I don't think it's a free free press issue that we all need to freak out about. I think it just means that it's going to be really boring. Yes, it's going to be super boring. I don't think they're going to allow them to go. I think they're going to hold firm on it. No, 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 no. So there's like 20 people going right now from different outlets. And friend of the pod, Sam Pell from the Washington Post is one of them. But she has to follow a 14-day quarantine and she just got there today. So all of the exhibition games leading up to the first round, everything like that, she's quarantined to her hotel room. You know, it's so funny because I feel like it's an outgrowth of please like my sport, please respect my career to where if you didn't get invited then you somehow feel like less of a person so you have to pop off on twitter about it yes i would love to know what the criteria was for deciding which writers and which outlets get access and which and you know what i bet it was extremely racist extremely sexist and not based on talent at all and i need to see the criteria so basically the exact same criteria for hiring across the board for the league is your name robert are you white there you go No offense to Sam. I was reading what Sean Shapiro said about this. And he said, I have young kids, so I I chose not to go. Like my family situation, I chose not to go. 
But he used to write for NHL.com. So he was talking about all the things that you're not allowed to cover when you write for the league. So he was saying uh, you, you couldn't use the word concussion unless the team uses it directly. You weren't allowed to write about fights. He at one point put a fight in a draft of something that he was writing. And he got an email back from his editor saying that he's breaking the rules and he couldn't he couldn't include it. Ridiculous. It's the kind of thing where everything is monitored, all moves the team make, all trades. If you get a scoop, if you get heads up about anything from any of your sources, you can't write about that until the league issues an official press release. The flip side of that is the NHL.com writers are frequently the only people who are getting the scoop or who are scooping other writers just in front of them. I have more inside baseball stuff. I know that that's been an issue. Teams have been basically limiting their media just to the NHL.com guys, just because they know they'll print whatever about them. And it's also, it's no shade to the NHL.com writers. Like everybody who works there does a great job. What the problem is, is that it comes from higher up. It comes from the league itself. Here are all the rules and regulations for these basic things that you cannot cover or you're not allowed to ask. It's an access issue more than anything else. Yes. And if people want this to be a successful playoffs, then the way to do that is to provide as much access as possible to conditions. And the fact that they're funneling it like this makes me even more concerned this is going to go really sideways just because stuff could go really wrong and you would never find out about it. My thing also is that like I've seen a lot of backlash to the backlash about reporters and people in journalism being upset that they're not getting on-site access or they're not going to be allowed to go to the playoffs. And I understand that it is literally a public health issue. Mm -hmm. People don't want to put their families at risk. I think it's perfectly human nature if you work in this field to be like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And the good reporters who want to do this are people who are saying to themselves, these are guys who are leaving their families behind for months on end. This might be the end of their careers. This might be their only shot. I would like to tell their stories. And I would also like to be able to cover this once in a lifetime situation that God willing will never happen again. What I'm more interested in my just myself is that because it's all going to be coming from the NHL itself, there's going to be no way for the people who are working behind the scenes to give any sort of scoop on unnecessary dangers that workers are facing or unsafe conditions in general. So like, it's just going to be so sanitized. And like, I want to know if this playoff is being burst on the back of labor where people are getting hurt. Right. But like, we're never going to know now. So that's, that is the downside of it to me because I think there's so many interesting stories that could be told that just aren't going to be told now. Those stories may come out, but at the expense of people being punished for it. I can totally see a scenario where you you publish one story on that the league doesn't like, they pull you out. Hi guys, just wanted to let you know about our new partnership with DealDash.com. DealDash is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty items, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code BUNNIES 
or dealdash.fm slash bunnies. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash B-U-N-N-I-E-S. Should we talk about something in the future that's like going to be probably more fun than this? Yeah, let's go back to our imaginary, which is almost reality sphere. <laughs> we're transitioning, we're transitioning to our dreamscape. Exhibition games start Tuesday, July 28th. That is the day after tomorrow. Wow. That's great. I didn't know that, but... Tuesday's schedule, Penn's Flyers, Leafs Canadians, Oilers Flames. Wow, I would like to put the oil on the flame. What do you want from this uh, fake Battle of Alberta that we're about to see on Tuesday? I want Matthew Kachuk to kill a man, just to watch him die. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we're going to see some dog shit hockey. I think it's going to be terrible. Like, I think it's going to be like preseason hockey, where... Nobody wants to touch each other now for more reasons more than ever. They've had, what, two, two and a half weeks of training camp at this point? Mm -hmm. We're going to see a lot of tired people coming off after, like, minute and a half shifts who are like, okay, I did not remember what that felt like. There's players who are already hurting themselves. I'm sure you've seen Dougie. Do you want to talk about it? Here's what I'll say about Dougie. (laughs) His new haircut looks great. I'm happy to hear that whatever injury he sustained at practice this week is not related to the broken leg. You know, I wish him the best. But like the other player that I'm thinking of right now is Steven Stamkos, who's basically had the same thing happen where he's been coming back from a long-term injury. And then I just feel like when you have two and a half weeks of training camp and then you're going directly into the playoffs, the pressure's on and you've had four months off. So you're going to push yourself and... It sucks that it's resulting in injuries this quickly. I'm just shocked that people are hurting themselves at training camp. I think it's because of all that time off. Working out is one thing, but for so long, most of these guys didn't have access to ice. Right. If they were skating, it was by themselves, and then it was with five other people. And that's just not the same. No. Um, Because you're not getting to work on those skills when you're immediately asked to step it up after four months. I'm not surprised that that has resulted in injuries, but it does suck that it's it's guys who have already been coming back from long-term injuries. Audrey, this sucks. Yeah, it's not great. I can't even get excited about it anymore. I don't want to see a bunch of guys hurt themselves and play shitty hockey. I want to talk about a hockey team that doesn't even exist yet because I'm so tired of these other hockey teams. What do you think? What do you think of the Kraken? I think it's a Kraken good time for uh, a mythological name. I do think we have to disclose that due to our close friendship with Namita, this podcast will be pivoting in 2021 to become a full-time Seattle Kraken podcast. What should be our name? Kraken one open with the girls? Oh, Kraken a cold one? Kraken open a cold one. Kraken a cold one? That's really good. (laughs) That's not that great. (laughs) The Seattle Kraken have announced their name after long lasts. And a lot of people really expected it to be Kraken for the longest time. There's a couple other names that were reportedly in contention, most notably the Totems, which I really would have liked, and I think Audrey would have as well. And TJ Oshie would have liked. And that's all that matters. Most importantly, the three most important people in hockey. The funniest part of this to me was not the actual rolling out. It was like the part right before they did all these teaser trailers. And they were bizarre because they had obviously been focus group to death. And I wasn't convinced watching them that they hadn't been filmed like six months ago. Just to describe them, if you haven't had a chance to see them, you have White Man with Wedding Band, so you know he's married. 
which disappointing. I know, because he was kind of hot. But you don't see his wife. You do see a dog that he looks longingly at. So in my mind, he is married to the dog. He's married to the dog and to the sea. He also has two children who don't really look related to him. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe he just picked them up. Maybe they're adopted. Maybe we should just really do a deep textual analysis. We need to check our privilege here and just be like, this is probably an untraditional family. Or the dog is the mom. (laughs) It's an airbud situation. So they fish up like a red light at the bottom of the ocean. It's a goal light, not just like a random red light, by the way. But I think my favorite part about all this is I can't wait to get a Seattle jersey because they look like the cool S. Oh, they look like the cool S. The eye kind of scares me. It's a little unnerving. It's a little creepy, but the color combination, if you're blonde, if you've got pink-based skin tone like some of us, it's really going to do wonders for you. So the other really cool thing that Seattle um, Kraken announced this week was that 100% of the net proceeds from the team's apparel will go into the community. So they're partnering with an organization called Youth Care to end youth homelessness and other nonprofits in the Seattle area that serve Black, Indigenous, and people of color in the Seattle region. That's a really fantastic way both to give back to the community and also start this community-minded team mindset if that makes sense like I think that's that's how you build community and I think that's amazing and I'm really excited to see what they do with that money Seattle Kraken officially pro human dog marriage anti youth homelessness a platform I love to see they balance each other out to me no but I am really excited to like oh I hope there's a we can get a really good Canucks Kraken rivalry going I think that'd be fun I also saw I think maybe Justin Morissette said this, that it would be really stupid if they don't go with Davy Jones as their mascot because Jerry Bruckheimer is like a part owner. That would be sick. That'd be pretty cool. I would love to see a Pirates of the Caribbean themed team just in general. That would be really great for me on like many levels. If they skate out to the Pirates of the Caribbean music. I will come on down to Seattle. <laughs> is what I will do. <laughs> I will I will come down to Seattle. God, I love that soundtrack. I work to it all the time and I feel like I'm going to like just shoot a man in the face by the end of it. Do you want to take some calls? Let's take some freaking calls. Hi, Audrey and Tina. This is Amber, longtime first time, huge Taylor Swift fan, calling in response to that uh, tweet regarding Kevin Hayes' love of Taylor Swift. Um, what do you think his favorite songs are on Lover and Reputation? And also, do you think he's trying to get with Taylor Swift? Because I have some thoughts about uh, him listening to The Last Great American Dynasty. Does he think he's The Last Great American Dynasty? I don't know. Let me know. This is a really great call by one of my best friends from college. So hi, Amber. I'm so glad that you're listening to the show now. Uh, So this is in response to Kevin Hayes very publicly listening to the new Taylor Swift album on Spotify, just public. Whom amongst us wasn't very publicly listening to the new Taylor Swift album this week? You basically had to. So his favorite song's on Lover. I feel like he might actually like, don't blame me. I don't really like a lot of the songs on Reputation, but don't blame me is like, He's just, she just says that over and over again. And I feel like that's him on the flyers. I would love if Kevin Hayes was just in the gym bopping around to the man. Oh no, that's from Lover. I was going to say that one. I think that's his favorite song for sure. 
He thinks he's the man. I do think that like most hockey players and me are most excited by songs with sick beats as opposed to, <laughs> to deep lyrics. That's wrong because I am so sick of beats and bars in the Nationals music. Let's pick up a guitar again, boys. Well, what did you think of Folklore? Well, you know, the first time I listened to it, I thought it was boring. Um, the second time I listened to it, I also thought it was boring. Third time, I thought it was boring, but I liked a few of the songs. And now that I've listened to it probably five times through, I found like my favorite ones. And it does have very much that telltale, the national composition, where I didn't notice a lot of the stuff that was going on in the song until I listened to it a couple times. So now that I've gotten a little bit more appreciation for it, I like it more. But I did want a big pop song because I'm an idiot. I think August is a good enough big pop song. That's true. August is my favorite off of it. Mine is My Tears Ricochet. My opinion on the new Taylor Swift, which I've already I've already told you, is um, this pains me to say. I think that her voice is not interesting enough to do 16 tracks where the orchestrations are all done by the national. <laughs> Let me tell you something about why artists are having such long albums now. There's a reason. There used to be like 12 songs in every album that was like yeah. a long album. But they're trying to gain streaming. The longer that your album is, the more plays it'll get. The longer people will listen. I don't really get annoyed with albums being that long anyway, just because I understand there's like a business aspect of it. But I know a lot of people have been complaining about her voice being not good enough to carry all the songs. And like, that's such a weird complaint to me because how many people sound different from song to song? I don't think that her voice is not good. I think she is a very, very good singer. Like, I think she is very good. She somehow became one because she did not used to be. When the arrangements are very similar instead Mm -hmm. of more dynamic and going into different genres and tempos and stuff, her voice tends to fall into the same pattern where I'm like, some of these are pretty repetitive. Some of that is the orchestration's fault and some of that is just like her voice does not come off as dynamic as it usually does. Well, it's so strange too because the really interesting thing about about Matt, the lead singer of The National, is that he does not have much of a range at all. Yeah. All he can do is basically his baritone and then where he's kind of talk singing. And Taylor is a lot like that too. She just has her normal singing voice, which is good, and her like talky kind of thing. So I thought that the combination of those two things were going to be a lot more dynamic like that you did. But anyway. So the lesson here is that The National and Taylor Swift, they both suck. That's right. We hate them. <laughs> They're my two most listened to artists of the last year. I fucking hate them. That's fine. Is Kevin Hayes trying to get with Taylor Swift? Uh, uh, I would say that at all times, Kevin Hayes is trying to get with everyone. Yeah. So yes. I think if you're blonde and above 5'7", Kevin Hayes is like... Is trying to get with you. So congratulations to both of us. Hi, Puck Bunnies. It's John from St. Paul. Um, I know like the Stanley Cup is not actually going to get handed out because of COVID, but if it is... Which fan base do you think would be the most insufferable? Like, what is the worst possible team who could win under these circumstances because of the whole asterisk versus no asterisks in any way? Just which fan base would be the worst? Please weigh in with your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, there's only one answer to this question, and it's the same answer every time, and it's the Leafs. The Leafs, I think, would be insufferable for several reasons. One, because they are insufferable as a fan base. Just in general, yeah. (laughs) Just in general, they're insufferable people. But also, I think if the Leafs won after a cup run in Toronto, 
everybody in that city would get coronavirus from partying. I didn't even think about that. Great, now I have something else to worry about. Just celebrating. I don't think we need to worry about the Leafs winning the cup. No offense. (laughs) To the Tavares, Marner, Matthews line that's allegedly been practicing for the first time ever. I'd like to see it. I would like to see it? Wow, that's the first team that's made me feel excited to watch hockey again. <laughs> it's just like that good of a line. You know it's bad when John Tavares is making you excited to do something. I know, Jesus Christ, <laughs> for me. The other team that I think would be insufferable are the Blackhawks. Oh, see? You say that. <laughs> And I would be psyched if they won. And I would definitely go out and get coronavirus. Because <laughs> they're not good. And Christina would be excited. But here's the thing. Then... is I think that they might win because I had that terrible conspiracy. And I feel like I spoke something unholy into the universe. I feel like they're either going to win or they're going to bomb out in the first round and then get the first round draft pick just to make me upset. Other than the Caps, who would you like to see win? Oh my God. And why is it the Oilers? Why is it the Oilers? I think it would be it would be great to see the Oilers win it. Obviously, like the Yotes are in the playoffs, baby. Let's go. I basically would love to see any team that doesn't really deserve to be there win. I would love to see the Canucks win. Let's get the Florida Panthers in there. Let's go. Oh my god, can you imagine if the final was Vancouver versus the Panthers? Two people watch. Would I watch? Unclear. Hi, Puck Bunnies. Happy birthday, Audrey. Question, do you think this year's Stanley Cup will have an asterisk beside it, yes or no? Like, do the circumstances, will this cup be worth less due to the COVID, or should it be worth more because it's been emotionally stressful? Very interested to hear your takes on that. Thanks so much. I think it depends on which team wins. So if a team like the Leafs yes. wins, then it's a totally valid cup. If a shitty team that nobody likes, like the Panthers wins, that means it's never going to be a real Stanley Cup. So that's the shitty part. But we exactly. will know. That question is also pretty interesting, I think, because I really am starting to think this is way more of a toss-up than I previously thought. In terms of what? So I read an interview with Rod Brindmore. And he was talking about how what makes playoff hockey playoff hockey is the emotion of it and the energy that's in the buildings and the fans and the crowd that's with you all the time. And it's overwhelming and it can be overwhelming in a really good way or it can be overwhelming in like a very nerve wracking way. And so if you have a lot of experience, if you're Justin Williams and you're like, yes, I've been to the playoffs a half dozen times, uh, Mr. Game 7, blah, blah, blah. He's probably was looking forward to that environment to help fuel his performance. So like what I'm saying is that the playing field is kind of going to be leveled because yeah. for every guy who's there, it's going to be an experience they've never had before. And I think that more than other sports, hockey is so dependent on the atmosphere of the crowd, which sounds insane. But the game that you and I went to in Raleigh, when fucking Svech got laid out by Ovechkin, I mean, the Raptors were rattling and they, they blew him out. And I feel like that was part of it because there was 15,000 people there screaming their fucking heads off. Yeah. And now all we're going to have is this creepy disembodied chance. It's like going to be like, it's a small world. I'm sure that there are some players who, when they get to the playoffs, you know, the thing that might fuel them is being able to come home to their family every night mm-hmm. and being able to like have quality time with their family. Or maybe they do, maybe they play better on the road and they're better able to focus and get in the zone on the plane or like hang out with the guys or do whatever. 
But now they're going to have to factor in COVID testing into all of this, going to the doctor, wearing a mask, being six feet apart from each other. All these things are going to be changed and eliminated. And it, it makes it really hard also, I think, for a group of athletes who love their routines and love their tradition. And so I think that has made it a more fascinating kind of toss up for me to see who comes out of this first play in round. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a new experience for everybody. So in a lot of ways, I feel like it's almost a great equalizer in between the job that I do and the job athletes do. Because usually you think of athletes as living these like pretty fucking sweet lifestyles where they get to play game for money and live in mansions. And now they're being forced to work by their job. And I'm like, oh, I know how that feels. Yeah, been there, buddy. So I almost it's almost like a smug little bit of, wow, okay, you're getting paid millions of dollars a year. Scorpio. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, wow, time for you to earn your fucking salary. I feel like we wouldn't be feeling like that a little bit if we were in a situation where maybe our country was doing a little bit better job of taking care of us. Like, we're also very cynical right now because yeah. everything stinks. <laughs> all right. I'm going to pull the play on this one and tell you all. Let's go to bed. Call in with your questions or suggestions for next week's episode at 774-318-6952. You can follow us on Twitter at ActPuckBunnies underscore pod or on Instagram and on Instagram, to be honest, at ActPuckBunniesPod, no underscore. It's an either only situation. It's not an or situation. Yeah, we're actually going to be posting more on the pod Instagram account. So be on the lookout for that. Do we say that every week? Yes. Do we mean it this time? Yes. I mean it for real. And I also mean this for real. Support us on Patreon. Audrey, what's the URL? It's patreon.com slash Thank you so much. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes, whatever other platform you listen to us on. This is important because we're going into the playoffs and it makes us happy to like have nice reviews. I'm so sad all the time. If you want to make me happier, write a nice review or <laughs> or buy some sheets using our offer code BLUEWIRE at brooklinen.com. Thank you. Got one, got one in there. I'm Christina. I'm Audrey. And this has been Puff Bunnies. Bye, guys. See you next week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay woke! <laughs> I turn to stone, I look away.